Welcome to Hope Church Online. I'm Adam, the lead pastor here at Hope Church, and we're so honored that you would join us. Every single Sunday, we are releasing an audio portion of our message during this counterculture series. Why? Because we want to provide a resource for those who may have missed Sunday and they wanted to say, hey, I want to continue in this series, but also that we want to provide a resource to say, hey, I was there Sunday for service, but I still would like to listen back to a portion of it. This is for you so you can be equipped to live counterculturally. Let me stop before I get into my message and encourage you, if this is if you haven't been at either one of our last two weeks or haven't listened in, pause this message. I'd love for you to listen to it, but before you do, would you pause and go back to week one in our countercultural series because I think it sets a solid foundation for what we're going to be diving into. So once again, thank you for joining us. Let's dive in. Over the last two weeks, we've defined living a countercultural life as this, a lifestyle that is aligned with God's word, plan, and purpose, driven to conviction, compassion, and courage in spite of the culture's stances beliefs, or convictions. And so we believe as followers of Christ, we are called to live a counter-cultural life, one that is truly counter to our culture. And over the last several weeks, we've been talking about uh, different topics that might be counter to what your everyday person, you and you walk up upon might believe. But we're not just saying, oh, these are just, these aren't just political statements. These aren't just ideas. No, these are biblical statements and biblical truths. And we're dealing with topics that I want us as a church and as a group of people to be equipped in how to handle these things. And so today I'm going to jump right into a passage of scripture in Galatians 5, starting in verse 13. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. The, t- the title of today's message is Called to Freedom. You see, we as followers of Jesus are not simply to like freedom. We're called to it. Paul's writing here and he's addressing the early church and he's addressing squabbles among the believers. He's also addressing that, that they were set free because of Jesus and they needed to embrace that freedom and they needed to live like they were free. And Paul was clear here in this scripture, but also he was clear in Galatians 5.1 that the Christian life equates to freedom. On the flip side, he was saying uh, when we choose the opposite of freedom, we're choosing bondage of flesh. You see, Jesus had more liberty and freedom than anyone who has ever walked this earth or whoever will, but he chose freedom and he chose freedom to love and to serve. Luke 4.18 said this, He came to set at liberty those who are oppressed. So understanding this, uh, this is the type of freedom we need to embrace. We are called to embrace freedom in all that means. That means I need to embrace freedom for myself. I need to first choose freedom from sin, freedom from the bondage of our culture's beliefs, freedom for what other people may say I should do, but find freedom in God's word and his truth and be different because of it. And then if I truly embrace freedom, 
I have to carry the flag of freedom to everywhere I'm at. That means I need to bring it to my family, my friends, my coworkers, wherever I am, I need to be promoting freedom because why? I'm called to freedom as Galatians 5 wrote. We're called to embrace the importance of freedom. I'm not simply saying tattoo a big giant USA flag on your back. If that's your prerogative, all right. <laughs> but but I'm not saying, I'm also not saying you need to watch Mel Gibson's Braveheart every morning before you go into work and yell freedom. Even if you want, that might be inspiring. But But I am saying we must choose freedom in every situation, in every aspect. We should be understanding we, this is a calling, and it's a calling to choose freedom. The, the tension and the weight that we live in is that we live in a culture that chooses bondage and slavery to things over freedom. You may be going, wait, I would never do that. But too often, when we choose the ways of the flesh and the ways of the world, we are refusing freedom, instead choosing slavery, choosing bondage. God could have created mankind as like a robot creation, but he didn't. He gave us free will. And with that free will, we have responsibility in how we're going to carry ourselves and what we're going to do with it. C.S. Lewis wrote, if a thing is free to be good, it's also free to be bad. And free will is what has made evil possible. Why then did God give them free will? Because free will, though it makes evil possible, is also the only thing that makes possible any love of goodness or joy worth having. Then he continues on, of course God knew what would happen if they used that freedom the wrong way. Apparently, he thought it worth the risk. So you see, what I want us to hear is God made us and he gave us the ability to choose freedom. He gave us free will to choose freedom. But too often we abuse free will and we abuse free will and we choose things that are evil. And this counterculture idea of being called the freedom, I want us to specifically look in an area where our culture is choosing bondage quite literally and it's through the topic of sex slavery or sex trafficking and pornography all too often it's easy to live in a bubble in a christian bubble and ignore what is around me but being called the freedom means i'm not only called to choose freedom for myself but to bring freedom in every single avenue hear me sex trafficking is not some problem that simply exists across the ocean in Eastern Europe. No, it is close to home. It is in our backyard. Friends, if you don't know this, the I-20 corridor that runs all the way through Birmingham and across Alabama is one of the most trafficked pathways in America where young women have been drugged, brainwashed, abused, and pimped off for someone looking for a moment of cheap pleasure. I recently read a story here in Birmingham where there was a young woman who met a friend in high high school. She had just turned 18. She was convinced that this boy loved her and was going to make her a model because he said, you're beautiful. You could be a model. Well, then he began to take photos of her and get his friend to take photos of her. But then they began to require her to do unspeakable acts in videos. And then they would make her sell her car. So she couldn't run home. And then this so-called boyfriend would then pimp her off to truck stops on I-20. You see, guys, this is not some faraway problem. This is right here at home. I'm ashamed to say that recently I didn't really even understand the reality of this sex slavery and sex trafficking around us. But now that I do, I have a responsibility to do something about it. 
We all do. That's the part of being called to freedom. So with being called to freedom, I'm called to bring other people's into walking in a freedom. These are women who have been shamed and their hope that they were an actual human and not an animal has been stolen away. But here's the truth. God sees them and he doesn't see them and he's not ashamed of them. No, he sees them, as we talked about last week, as imagio Dei. They are made in his image. Not only is he our creator, which means it means he possesses us all. And when anyone tries to own a person, which is what sex trafficking does, we are pretending to be God, which gets nowhere and get, leads to deeper and deeper death. You may be thinking, okay, okay, okay. Well, what does this have to do with Hope Church? I think many times our culture has chosen to imitate our church has chosen, not our church, but the church in general has chosen to imitate culture instead of countering culture. You see, our society's worship of sex has led to the devaluation of women and beauty reserved for sex in the godly marriage. Here's the elephant in the room in regards to the church. Pornography feeds sex slavery. You're like, okay, no, that's a fact. Pornography feeds sex slavery. But stats show, statistics show that, that pornography is prevalent by people who attend church on a regular basis. Statistics also show that over half of prostitutes have had pornographic images of, or videos shared of them. So what I'm trying to say is every time a man or woman views pornography, they are contributing to a cycle of sex slavery. But these stats are alarming, friends. Over 90% of college males view pornography regularly. 30% of college females do. When someone does this, they are looking at a skewed image bearer of God. But we have to understand that these image bearers of God, who he loves and cares for, are important to him. And you may be going, Adam, this is serious. This is serious. Think of it like this. They, people are possessing these women and these people who are many times underaged, many times being abused, many times drugged, and they're possessing them and trying to own them and control them. And I think we may scoff at the idea of how pre-Civil War churches could justify slavery in their backyard. But we are dangerously close when we participate in pornography in our households and we allow it to be okay. That is the opposite of being called to freedom. That is saying, I'm free, but I'm choosing slavery. God does not want us for that. He wants to redeem those who have been stolen. He wants to be redeem those who have taken part in these acts. He wants to restore those, but we have to repent and we have to choose freedom. Not only do we need to choose freedom, we need to fight for freedom, friends. The best way to fight for freedom is with the gospel. And when we apply it, when we proclaim it and tell all that the hope is found in Jesus, freedom begins to become found. The gospel shows not only what we need, but who we need, which is Jesus. Recently, this past weekend, I went to WWE SmackDown Wrestling. And there's all these great athletic feats, and I cheered and yelled and got into it because that's what you do with these kind of things. But it takes work. It takes practice in these situations. Not only that, um, in boxing, um, you, you have to do some things if you're, if you're expected to win. Uh, the first thing we need to do is we need to plan. What does the Bible say about freedom? What does it say about lust? You see... I need to know what the Bible says about these. I need to discover this. This series is an, isn't just an end-all information, but it's, it's to help equip us to live counterculturally, but also to push us into deeper discussions 
and knowledge on these topics. I want everyone to feel good when they leave church, but I also would be doing a bad job if I didn't make sure you knew Jesus. But we also have to be equipped to do what he wants us to do. So we need to plan. So if I want to fight for freedom and fight for freedom for those who are being trafficked or those who are participating into something that's keeping them in a cycle of sin and bondage, then I need to plan what God's word says about this and how I would respond to it. Not only do I need to plan, I need to prepare. Yes, I need to know his scripture. <laughs> I need to know what he says, not just simply what he says, but I, I need to know how to do it. I need to have to live it. Think of it like this. I can tell you how to box. Dive left, throw across, jab, 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 uppercut. But, but do I know how to do it? <laughs> no, I do not. I just don't because I've never practiced. That's the preparation. So with the scripture, we need to prepare, we need to plan, but we also need to prepare. And part of preparation is practicing and knowing his word, memorizing scripture and not just saying, yeah, here's what I believe. No, here's what I believe and here's why I believe it. So that when I have a dialogue with someone who's battling addiction with pornography, I could say, hey friend, you're stuck in something that God never wanted you to be stuck in. And here's how you get out of it. Here's what his word says. He has hope. He's a God of hope and he can bring you joy. He can bring you peace. He's also one who can give you peace in a storm. He can do all these things, but I would never know that if I don't get in his word and I don't prepare. The third thing we need to do and how to get ready to fight for freedom is we need to put it in action. Refuse to participate in the cycle of bondage. Refuse to allow people in your home or in your life to choose to look at things that promote sex trafficking. But instead, proclaim the truth when the opportunity arises. Today's topic shouldn't be easy for us to look over or move past. We need to understand the weight. We need to understand that the modern church has not done the best at this. We can do better. Many times we have failed, but friends, let me tell you, I believe we can do better. We're not the first thing, place or thing that's gone wrong in the world or in history. On the afternoon of January 27, 1967, the crew of Apollo 1, astronauts Gus Grissom, Ed White, and Roger Chaffee were killed in a horrific accident. The men were sitting inside the sealed command module of their spaceship during a launch simulation when a fire broke out fed by the pure oxygen environment inside the cabin. It spread quickly. The astronauts didn't have a chance. The Monday morning after the accident, NASA flight director Gene Krantz made a speech addressing his entire team. This is what he said. Space flight will never tolerate carelessness, incapacity, and neglect. Somewhere, somehow, we screwed up. It could have been in design, build, or test. Whatever it was, we should have caught it. We were too gung-ho about the schedule and we locked out all of the problems we saw each day in our work. Every element of the program was in trouble and so were we. The simulators were not working. Mission control was behind in virtually every area and the flight and test procedures changed daily. Nothing we did had any shelf life and none of us stood up and said, stop. I don't know what Thompson's committee will find as the cause, but I know what I find. We are the cause. We were not ready. We did not do our job. We were rolling the dice, hoping that the things would come together by launch day, when in our hearts we knew it would take a miracle. We were pushing the schedule and betting that the cape would slip before we did. From this day forward, flight control will be known by two words, tough and competent. Tough means we are forever accountable for what we do or what we fail to do. 
We will never again compromise our responsibilities. Every time we walk into mission control, we will know what we stand for. Competent means we will never take anything for granted. We will never be found short in our knowledge and in our skills. Mission control will be perfect. When you leave this meeting today, you will go to your office, and the first thing you will do there is to write tough and competent on your blackboards. It will never be erased. Each day when you enter the room, these words will remind you of the price paid by Grissom, White, and Chaffee. These words are the price of admission to the ranks of mission control. This speech, known as the Franz Dictum, invigorated a failing organization. The committee could have given in to their losses, but because of this, he said, yes, we made mistakes. Yes, we failed. Yes, we faltered, and it caused other people's lives to be ended, but we will no longer allow it to happen. We will be tough and competent. As a church, we may not be perfect in choosing to be counterculturally and fighting counterculture and being different than the world around us, but we can choose to be tough and competent. Let's fight for freedom because we're called to it. Because people's earthly and spiritual lives depend on it. Let's fight for freedom. And to wrap this up, I want us just to read that passage of scripture I read earlier. But I want us to read the message paraphrase. It's absolutely clear that God has called you to a free life. Just make sure that you don't use this freedom as, as an excuse to do whatever you want to do and to destroy your freedom. Rather, use your freedom to serve one another in love. That's how freedom grows. For everything we know about God's word is summed up in a single sentence. Love others as you love yourself. That's an act of true freedom. Friends, let's choose true freedom for those around us. Let's be free in our own walk and our own life. Let's refuse to participate in the cycle of sin that feeds sex trafficking. But not only that, let's refuse to be okay knowing this happens. Let's refuse to just say, yes, this happens. Let's look to do something. When we need to take a stand, we take a stand. If somebody needs us to sign a petition to say in some in sex trafficking, we sign it. Someone says, hey, I need someone to pray with me because I know someone who is being trafficked and who's been kidnapped and being persuaded. Then we pray because that is a people who are called to freedom. We are not okay letting other people drown in the, the, the depths of our sinful culture. Let's be called to freedom. God, I thank you for every person that is listening to this message today. And God, I pray that we will not be satisfied seeing people fall into the depths of sin and a sinful culture around us. Not only that, let us not be satisfied falling into that, but instead let us be called to freedom. Not only be called to freedom, let's choose it, to choose it. Let's be different because of it. And let's fight for freedom. Let's plan, let's prepare, and let's put it into practice and see what you can do. And no matter if we fall down, no matter if we make a mistake, we get up because we will be a tough and competent group of believers who believe that through freedom found through Jesus, things can be made different. And maybe this morning someone's tuning in and saying, I need freedom. I pray right now that they will just find Jesus today. That in this moment, right now, that they will say, I need freedom. I've been walking in sin. I've been walking in this cycle and I'm not okay with it. I want life, not death. And God, I pray that they will choose to follow your son as easy as ABC, that they admit that they're a sinner and they repent. God, that they will be, believe that your son Jesus is a savior and they see, commit themselves to follow him the day, rest of the days of their life. These are the steps in choosing freedom. Let us choose freedom because lives depend on it. Thank you. In your name we pray. Amen.
Well, friends, thank you for joining us here at Hope Church Online. I do hope you're encouraged today. If you say, hey, I would love to give to Hope Church, you can visit us at hopechurchbhm.com slash give. We say I want to connect. Make sure you're following us on social media or visit us at hopechurchbhm.com slash connect. Once again, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.